Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. Father's Day to all the fathers. Who had a full English? One well, of the lads in the room. Who had a full English this morning? No one? Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know. Andy did. Go for tips to him then. Um, I'm just going to pray first to open, to devote the time to God. So, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the time that you've given us, Lord. Um, I want to give this time to you and I want to pray for a fresh revelation of your love, Lord, uh, to all these people here, Lord. Amen. So this morning I want to talk about how amazing our relationship with God is. Um, it's close and intimate relationship, but it's also incredible because he's not just a father, but he's the father over all things. Yes. It says in Ephesians uh, 4, verse 3 to 6, it says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. He's living through all. That's the part of the verse that sticks out. He's living. He's not a fake and dead God. He's living now. (laughs) There is one body and one spirit. Just... Oh, sorry, that's a bit... Sorry. Uh, there is one body and one spirit, just as we're called hope, and you were called... Sorry, that's a bit I've just read. If in this case, then God should be number one. He should be put at the top. If he's not at the top, he can't really be our father, because just like our earthly fathers, we need to be able to look up to him. And if he's not number one, we can't look up to him. And the reason for this is it says in Matthew 6, verse 33, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here, today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom, of kingdom and, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. <laughs> he provides like our physical Father. He'll provide everything you need and more, not just what you need, but more. <clears throat> he'll, be with, he'll be with us in each and every situation, leading and guiding us. Now, that doesn't mean we'll all make, not make no mistakes. But he's guiding us, so he will, we will make mistakes, but he's there to pick up the pieces for us. <laughs> he wants a relationship with you. He chose you and created you individually. All, we, he, all he wants us to do is believe. He, all he wants us to do is believe, and we can have a relationship with the all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving all God. <laughs> 
Not everyone may have had a good example of a physical father, but this is where God is good because he is our example to learn from and to live by. We don't have to look at physical things in, in God. It's all, it's all through God himself. There's nothing that he needs. God is our father, and when I say our father, I mean everyone. So I'm not just talking to Christians in the room or people that have declared their faith or, or anything like that. I'm t- talking to each and every individual here. <clears throat> and everyone else in the world needs to hear this as well. <clears throat> so, what, what, so no matter what we've done, no matter so what, what he knows, we, he knows what we'll do and what we're doing right now. And yes, that does mean the people in here on the phones, on Facebook, just doing the little, <clears throat> the little text. The amazing thing is about God that he doesn't change. He loves us equally, the same every day, every year, every minute of our life. And it's not fake, but it's the most real thing you'll ever, ever feel or, or just, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's amazing. <clears throat> In 1 John 4, verse 10, it says, God showed... God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world. Even that, just... <laughs> so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. <clears throat> Coming on from this, uh, what, I want to f- what I want to focus on is the relationship that we have with God the Father. As I feel this, this in my life has been the most beneficial thing, because without it, I don't know where I'd be. God wants us. God really, really wants us. It's not like he just wants us a little bit. He really, really wants us. More than any, so for, our, for my age, it's more than you could want the next video game or something. Even more than that. The all-powerful, all-knowing God wants us as his children. That close, like family close, that is just... I'm not just talking, again, to the Christians, but it's everyone that he wants to be with. God created you for a fatherly relationship where you could, you could discuss and tell him things personally. It's not just, oh, I'm here now at church, so he's my dad for two hours whilst I come here, but at home, oh, it's nothing. It's for eternal. He's eternal. His love, as I said earlier, is so real. You, it's just unbelievable. Religion is not Christianity. A religious relationship is fake. Like, you can't have a religious uh, relationship with God. It just it doesn't work. Like, like a math sum, it doesn't work if you add one plus two is four. That doesn't go. It's just the same with God. Uh, if we had a rule-based relationship with our physical fathers... We wouldn't be able to love or show compassion or, or do any of that. And it's the same with God. Like, if we, if we had a rule-based relationship, oh, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, but you can do that, there's just no, that's not a relationship. <laughs> a relationship is love, care, and all those things that make us close to one another. As Shirley said earlier about the sun and earth, that struck me because... God stays the same no matter what. So the sun is always there, but the earth is changing. And we're the ones that are changing, but we're becoming more like God. Every time we make a mistake or do something right, God's encouraging us, like a father should do, 
and we're becoming more like him. He wants a personal relationship. He really wants one, and he wants you to want it too. The other week, I was um, in uh, Adam Fable's car, and we were going to five side football match. Um, and it, one of his mates called Pele was in the car. And then um, we started chatting about random things. It was, and then it came to church when he asked, so what do you actually do in the church? And I told him a little bit what I was doing on Friday night, because at that time I was obviously at youth. And, um, and at the very end, after I'd finished, he said, oh, so you were religious then? And that, that made me go, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> Obviously, I said no. But this just brought to my attention what people of the world think about God. And once you understand what people think about God, it's easier to help them in their situation. <clears throat> Not many people see him as a father or as an intimate being. It's just like he's just there to give out rules, the Ten Commandments or what are they... And you have to follow them, but it's more than that. And that's what people need to know out. And people that are here aren't Christians need to know that also, that God is not just a rule giver. He wants a relationship with you personally, and he wants you to meet with him. Some see the Christian faith or religions who don't understand that yet as, a, as almost like um, a sentence in jail. So you're, like, you're kept to... to, to to chains and you can't move and if you step out of line it's a whip or something but it's not God doesn't give you God God does not want to punish you but he wants you to understand just like our fathers they don't like punishing you but once you once you understand what you've done wrong you become more like God and that of a human life for me is why we are here but if you never experienced this You've not done something wrong. You're not a bad person. I'm just, just saying that you need, just ask him to help you in situations where you need help. Thank him for what you've done and for what he's done. And even the simplest things, like if you involve God into every single thing you do, it, everything changes. It's almost like he's a part of it, so it, it becomes good. Like he's there with you, like he's here with me now. And he's helping me through it as a father so I can hold his hand and we can have that fatherly relationship. I just feel like God wants us to make sure our own relationship with him is personal. So it's not just like I'll go with him and we'll have a a good time, a good chat with, with God, but it's more than I can sit in my room and I can talk to him and we can have a conversation. Like our father, like a physical father, if we ever needed him, we can sit down, we can maybe go out for a drink or something, we can sit down, discuss situations, and that's what God wants for all of us. He wants us to be able to come to him. He doesn't want us to think, oh my goodness, that's God, I can't, I can't go to him. He's just too, too powerful. I don't know what I'd say, but he wants us to come to him. And he's, he's, he's in you at the moment. But all you need to do is understand that he's in you. And once you understand that, you'll be able to develop the relationship that you want with God and that he wants with you. Um, So what I want to say is now, just knowing about him really, you have to really know him. And I just want to make almost a challenge in a way that even if you are not a Christian, just try it because it, if you don't feel anything, 
maybe come and talk to an elder or something, but um, I feel that you need to just start practicing saying, thank you, God, after everything, or praying just before you go into an exam, or even a classroom, if, please, Lord, just let me take in all the teachers telling me. And once that start, once God becomes part of that, things start to change, as I said earlier. And every little thing, you need to just, God isn't just there for the big things, but he's there for the, the small things. Like, even if I'm writing a sentence and I have to say it in front of the class, pray for it, because God will make sure that it makes sense and isn't, isn't wrong. So his, the main aspect that I want to make sure that you all understand is that God's love as a father isn't fake. It's as real as it gets. Like, it's not just, it's not just um, a spiritual thing, but it can be a physical and, and spiritual thing. Like, it's, it's hard to explain. Once you've experienced it, you, can, you understand. But because of that, we can, we can share the word, and that's what we need to do as a body, as a church. So I'd just like to pray that you understand and you have a fresh revelation of God's love for you. So Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you love us. I want to thank you that you're with us every, every day, every minute of our lives, Lord. And I, thank, and I just want to make you at the top of our lives, Lord. I just, want to, I just want to love you more and more, and I want you to love me more and more, Lord. And I want to make everyone aware of you, Lord, that, Lord Jesus, you're in everyone's lives, in everyone's heart, hearts, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hi, family. Um, my name is Adele, and this is my last year of youth before I hopefully go off to uni. Um, and I just want to say it's an honour to be able to share what God's put on my heart for my family. Uh, I just want to start off by bringing a testimony, really. June's been a very busy month for me. Um, at the start of the month, Clumsy Dell went and slipped on a floor and fractured my elbow exactly a week before my sister's wedding. And it was a very nervous time waiting in A&E, hoping that it wasn't going to be a full cast. But it's been, what, two weeks? And I, can lift, I was lifting my hands in the air, praising him. So then I had my sister's wedding, which I was bridesmaid at, and it was honestly just a fantastic, fantastic day. Following week, I've done six out of my seven exams, which have been a stressful time. Um, and then this weekend, I've been up in Cardiff um, watching my other sister graduate from the uh, Academy of Music and Worship. And I can just stand here today and say, God is good and faithful. Um, so as it's Father's Day, me and Patrick were asked and set the challenge to uh, speak on an aspect of the fatherhood of God, which was a broad topic, but I believe that through the relying on the Holy Spirit, it's given me something that's for you. Now, I'm not going to speak for too long. I'm sure you're glad to hear, because I'm sure it says somewhere in the scriptures, blessed are the short-winded, for they will be invited back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, if you'd like to turn to Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11, and it's a story I'm sure most of you will be familiar with, um, which is the story of the prodigal son. Uh, for those of you who don't know the story, the father has two sons, the youngest of which comes to him and asks for his inheritance. And he goes away into the world, sets off and uh, wastes all his money on wild living and worldly desires. And he ends up feeding the pigs and wanting to eat what they're eating. And he comes to a place where he just says, 
you know, God, this, even the servants in my father's house eat better than this. And he came to a point where he was starving and he repented from his sins and returned to his father who ran to greet him and threw a party in celebration. So the verse I'm really going to be focusing on is verse 20, in, uh, where it says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. You know, the father waited daily, looking out and longing for his son to return, which he loved unconditionally. Every day he wondered if this would be the day that his son would return to him. If this isn't a picture of God's heart, then I don't know what it is. God wants his children to return to him. It's as simple as that. A father's love for a child is something that cannot easily be put into words. As I was recently shown at my sister's wedding, when my dad fought back the tears of giving his child away. I'm extremely privileged to know my earthly father's love, but I know that my heavenly father's love for me is something that cannot be taken away from us and is immeasurably more. So how can, the, uh, how can the Father forgive the Son? Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Notice that the word all is used. Although we may not have all asked for our inheritance and blown it on their wild living, nobody is exempted from sinning. And therefore, we all need God's grace and forgiveness in order to be made clean again. Now, my dad, my dad used to preach a lot. And uh, he has a little book of quotes that I flicked through when I was preparing this. And there was one that just stuck, up, stuck out to me. God does not forget our, our sins. He chooses not to remember them. God's not old. He's not forgetful. He's not got Alzheimer's. God chooses not to remember. Because if you forget something, you can easily remember it again later on. But if you choose to remember, God draws a line and says, I'm ignoring that. We're going to strive on towards the goal and all that I've got planned for you. God purposely and intentionally chooses not to remember. I'm, happy, I'm hoping that my earthly father will choose not to remember that I own 20 pounds for petrol. That's how I'm skinned. <laughs> um, <laughs> Philippians 3.13 demonstrates this perfectly. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward ahead to what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. And again in Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Church, we didn't have to have anything holding us back. We have been set free and our sins forgiven. Don't let anything in your past hold you back. Put it under the blood. As the scripture says, strain, strain towards what is ahead, towards the goal, to win the prize to which God has called me heavenward. Put it under the blood. It's simple as that. <laughs> at school, I was never very good at the egg and spoon race, which, being an honest child, I would never put my thumb on the ball and I would strive towards the finish line. But you know what, if the egg fell off the ball, you don't just stand there and go, oh no, it's fallen off, I can't do anything about it, I'm just going to stand here and just stay, and God can't use me now, I've, I've messed up. No, you pick up the egg and you finish the race. 
Our Heavenly Father is waiting for us and encouraging us at the finish line to strive forward to all that he has planned for us. Pick up yourself and go. So I want to talk about how the Father wants us to come to him. Psalm 51 verse 17 says, that describes how the Father wants us to come to him. It says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. The key words in this passage for me is contrite, which means recognition and remorse. When we have sinned and turned away from God, all that he asks is for us to come with a contrite heart and repent for what we have done. God sees our heart and he knows our thoughts. And only when we make a full turnaround from our sin can we be forgiven. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach God's throne with grace and confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And I just praise God that by his grace we are forgiven and therefore we can enter boldly to his throne. Going back to verse 20 that I started with. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Now, many things in the scriptures have lost meaning due to temporal and uh, cultural differences. In the first century, Middle Eastern men would never run as it was seen as shameful and embarrassing. The fact, uh, an act of a man lifting up his tunic so he didn't trip and revealing his legs was seen as indignified, and therefore it was not right for a man to run. So what made the father run in this passage? It says that the son was a long way off when the father saw him and began to run. This means that the father ran before the son entered the village, shaming himself in order to get to his son before the son would experience the shame and the rejection from the community. Our heavenly father has taken our shame through his son Jesus, who willingly endured the cross on our behalf. He took our shame and sin so that we did not have to. What an act of love. Surely the son deserved the shame um, for what he had done. But no, by God's grace we are saved and therefore we can enter God's throne with boldness, knowing what he's done. Our Father God loves us beyond reason. And in 1 John 3, 1 it says, See what great love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God, and that, uh, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. The father then symbol- symbolically demonstrates the sonship by covering him in his best robe, putting a ring on him, on his finger, sandals on his feet, and killing the fattest calf in preparation for a feast for him. The father was pleased for his, t- his return and expressed his love. You know, the Father wants the best for us, and he's proud to call us his children, and he wants to lavish his love and his best upon us. Although the parable is called the parable of the lost son, both sons were actually lost. Upon the return of his brother, the other son starts to complain why he has not received the same treatment um, when he's been the good son and stayed at home. But it was the son who returned who came with a contrite heart and repented. 
My sister Esther and I used to call our eldest sister Evie the prodigal daughter. <laughs> because when she would return from uni for the weekend, mum would lay on the biggest feast and, give her the, and, give, and let her start the big chocolate fudge cake that we had been eyeing up for days. <laughs> um, why was it that the good daughters that stayed at home and cost my parents no accommodation fees, the one who did not receive the preferential treatment? Well, I concluded, because Evie was the, would come home with sorrow and recognition in her heart as she had taken cooking for granted being at uni. <laughs> One thing I want you to take away from this message, if nothing else, is God's unconditional, unfailing, and unfathomable love that is beyond reason. And there's a quote I really liked. God always has something for you, a key for every problem, a light for every shadow, a relief for every sorrow, and a plan for every tomorrow. Um, I've just got a song that God's put on my heart, which kind of sums up what I've been speaking about today. Um, and I just encourage you to either close your eyes or just listen to the lyrics, because they're really moving. <laughs>
Amazing lyrics there, just shows God's compassion and love for us from, for when we return to him. And I just want to end by um, praying. Um, first of all, there's two types of people God's put on my heart. Um, those who feel that they've drifted away from God um, and need to return to him. And they just need to know that he's so full of love and compassion for your return. And he doesn't want you to feel shameful at all. And... The second is for those who have um, prodigals in their family um, or friends that they know that have drifted away from God. I just pray that um, you'll pray along in your hearts as well if it applies. Lord God, I thank you that you are a God who lavishes his love upon us, Lord. I thank you that you're a God who has shown us your grace and your mercy, Lord. And I just pray that for those who feel that they've drifted away from God, Lord, that they will make a full turnaround, Lord, repent from their ways and, and know that you choose to forget their sins, Lord. You choose not to remember. You draw a line. And I just thank you that um, you've accepted and cleansed them, Lord. Father God, I pray for those who have prodigal members of the family and friends, Lord. I just, I just thank you that this is going to be the year of their return, Lord. And I just pray that you would use us as guides, as lights, to bring them back, to invite them to events at the church, Lord. And I pray that they may know something of you again, Lord, that you would reignite the fire within them, Lord. Father God, I pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We meet every Sunday at 10.30am in Stony Stanton and 4pm in Tamworth and Market Harborough. Feel free to come and visit us. We'd love to meet you.